Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, round 5 review, round 6 preview. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by Benny Fail Harbor's Hair Ties. No, no, that's not right. Slash R slash Fantasy MLS, a great Reddit subreddit that I recommend everybody goes to at least check out if, if not join. Joining me, as always, we have our great tech whiz, Simon. Hey, guys. We have the dominating head-to-head master, Travis. Hey, what's up? And our Real Salt Lake connection, Jason. What's good, guys? So how are you guys doing? How did your teams do, more importantly, this week? Um, I finally had an okay week, except that I captained Opara. So uh, that didn't go so well. I took a negative 12 hit this week because oh. my team's pretty screwed up. But... Uh, it wasn't too bad. I didn't fall too much. That's the important part. I ended up with 57, and that's not real good, but it didn't bring me down too much. So I'd say the minus 12 was a success if you can to- not totally get screwed, basically, by doing that. Yeah, anything you can walk away from, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did a uh, massive overhaul on my roster as well, in fact. I... Uh took the advice of supporting Kansas City, who burned his wild card last week. I wished I did burn my wild card last week, because he picked up Morales and Opara for their phenomenal games last time. Uh, so I decided to burn mine this week, and picked up a whole new mess of characters, and wound up finishing uh, fourth overall for the week, with 86 okay. points. So I yeah. was... Rather happy. Nice. Yeah, I finished uh, with 69 points. And uh, Captain Fantasy himself, Mr. Javier Morales, bringing me through once again, back-to-back weeks as my captain. Um, Didn't take any negatives, only taking a negative four, I believe, game week two. And I'm on that trend, not trying to take any negatives. But, yeah, 69 points. uh, Brought myself up um, into, I believe... Uh, 845 overall from 1800, so slowly making progress. It's a big jump. It is. Very nice. I was almost in that boat of wishing I had uh, used my wild card last week, but I had just a great turn of luck. And in this round, I actually also did well. I took a minus four, but I finished with 76 overall, and I, I went with, with Jason's idea, and I captained Javier and got, got a very nice return off that investment. Yes, it was bad to dare to Opara this week. <laughs> I, I said that from, from day one, and everybody gave me crap for it. So, <laughs> And so if any of you guys are listening for the first time, you may have already stumbled across one of our podcast options. But if not, then Simon, I think, has an update on everything. Yeah, maybe you missed last week's episode where we finally said that uh, Stitcher is an option for you. So you can listen, of course, on SoundCloud and on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, hey, why don't you give us a give us a review and hit subscribe, okay? And otherwise, we're we're on all of those outlets now, and so you can listen wherever is the the easiest for you. Fantastic! That is the best way to definitely find out what's going on with the fantasy game is to keep subscribed to one of those methods to get this podcast. It's it's great. 
So just a quick quick reminder, double game week coming up on Wednesday, so be sure to get your transfers done, and be sure to check out the disciplinary and the injuries, what's going on. Uh, did you notice anything particular jumping out, Travis? Yeah, so um, the disciplinary guys, uh, well, there was Fred with the elbow and uh, oh, Pineda yeah. with the uh, straight red also against Houston that didn't wind up scoring anyway. Um, there are a couple other guys that uh, it's still going to be another couple weeks for a Spindola, and I believe Iguain will be available for the second game. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. In New England, correct. Yeah. Um, aside from that, on the injury front, I mean you've got uh, Axel. Hoberry uh, didn't play and is still has a nagging foot injury, so still keeping an eye on that. Will Trapp has a right calf strain. He didn't play on the 28th. Burnbaum had that nasty ankle sprain, uh, and he's going to be out at least four to six weeks, so a lot of people uh, did the smart move and picked up a pare uh, for the short term. Mauro Diaz is still an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Uh, he, there's no telling whether or not he's going to play next week, but uh, I guess we'll all find out. But I got rid of him. Uh, aside from that, any anything else you guys can think of that's a bad injury over last week? I'm just want to want to know what's going on with David Villa and Villarreal. Do you know anything about either of those two players? Um, David Villa, I have not heard anything about, but he at least, uh, had a week to rest. Or is it, is it this? Uh, I believe he had a bye. Last week. Uh, last week, yep, week yeah. five. He's playing Philly this week, uh, in Philly. That's right. So at least we'll know whether or not he's, he's in the 11, uh, before their double game week. Uh, as far as... Villarreal, uh, that I'm not sure about. Uh, LA's attack looked and sounded like it looked not as good without him in there. So I would be surprised if they didn't start him again. He did play with Galaxy 2 last time, so maybe he needed some rest or maybe they were just trying something new, but I'd want to, want to keep an eye on. I'd also add Dempsey to that list because I watched the Seattle game, and if some of you guys listening did not, the announcers made a comment that near the end he was sort of mouthing towards his bench, hamstring, hamstring. So there may be something there, something reoccurring. Might have just been a precautionary thing, but maybe keep an eye on that on Twitter. Probably the best way. Seattle's pretty good about getting those, those social media updates out. But don't know. No, no red flags. But be careful on picking him up because he, if he is healthy, he will probably get called up to the U.S. versus Mexico game on game week seven. So just be warned. Very true. So since we're getting into players right now, we're going to move on to our fantasy standouts and top picks for round six. So we're going to do it a little bit different this time since it is a double game week. We'll quickly go over just some of the double game week standouts that are prominent in our minds. I'm sure most of you guys are staying on top of all that. But then we'll also take a quick second to go over some single game week guys to see who might be a nice little option there, maybe sneak in there, maybe outdo the double game week players. 
Yeah, I uh, I personally think, I mean, obviously, I'm sticking with just Vancouver players, uh, and the reasoning behind that is because Columbus is going all the way to the West Coast, playing against Vancouver, and flying 3,000 and so miles all the way over to New England three days later. Games are on the 8th and the 11th, so a lot of tired people. Um, but for me, I, uh, I'm i obviously, you know, ousted, um, potentially getting Waston in for Kaw, uh, Perales, uh, Pedro Morales, and then uh, Riviera, Rivero. Those are the only four double game week players I'm going to be rolling with this week. Um, so, yeah. Um, I will have one Columbus player, but I'm totally with Jason on the fact that Vancouver is a lot of a better bet. I have Pogatats right now because I think he's a good threat in the air, and I think he's maybe been a little bit unlucky to not score a goal off a off a set piece so far um corner kick whatever and the ones you got to have you got to have Pedro Morales and Octavio Rivero if you don't have them good luck <laughs> yeah and for me it's it's pretty much the same way I'll have four Vancouver players I uh, had four, four Vancouver players last week and they all did work for me um Alstead Beta Shore. The only reason I picked Beta Shore over Waston was because he was cheaper. They're producing about the same number of points right now. So as long as uh, Vancouver's able to get one clean sheet in there, both of those guys will put up some good numbers. And then, of course, Pedro and Rivero. Uh, I already had Grana. Uh, based on when Columbus came to Houston, he looked pretty dangerous. Uh, even though Columbus didn't score in that match, he was getting forward and serving in some balls. And, uh, I mean, there's a possibility he could get some uh, attacking bonus. But uh, aside from Grana, I'm debating bringing in Finley, but I haven't decided yet. Uh, I may wait, just wait until the starting 11 comes out, and if he's in the 11, I may put him in. Uh and then see what happens and just bank my other transfer. But, yeah, I'm not going to go full full bore Columbus. Do you guys think that Ka is going to get a 180? I know that's been a big question on a lot of people's minds because Waston is probably a lock. Maybe Beta Shore is a lock as well. But what do you guys think about Ka playing 180? Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable picking up Ka, Rodriguez, Harvey or Atacugbe because I just I didn't know if they were going to rotate those guys or not. So I didn't I didn't bother with those guys. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I was I'm still real high on Ka. I think he's a great value and a great CB to have. But just the more and more I kept hearing people talking about the potential of of not playing, I I really kind of hedged my bets and I picked up Beta Shore last week myself. So that, I think that covers most of the double game week guys. Uh, I, I would throw one more name on that list, and, and that's Merrim. Uh, I think there's some more quality there, but I believe we'll touch some on him a little bit later, maybe near the end of the podcast. So I'll, I'll just leave that at that. But what about single game week players? It's People can jump out. Who do you guys think will be a, a star for that? Well, for me, the best matchup for a single game week looks to be Dallas against Colorado. Um, 
I think <laughs> pretty much anybody that's starting on Dallas could get some good points, except for Mauro Diaz, because there's no telling whether or not he's going to start. But, uh, yeah, they I mean... wrapped in the riddle in a box of fail. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chris Seitz, if you're not playing a double game week goalkeeper, uh, Zach Lloyd, uh, Castillo, Ekendile, uh, um I mean, any of those guys really could put some numbers on Colorado. I I don't think this is the game that Colorado scores a goal. So. Yeah, for me, uh, I have I have uh, just really one, and that would be uh, Aguadello. Um, I I didn't really watch the game, and I didn't really see his goal. I know he was on my punt list uh, for game week five, but. He's playing against a Columbus team that, like I said before, is going west coast and the east coast in the final leg of the double game week, and um, they're going to be tired, and I really think that Aguadillo is going to capitalize at home and potentially put you know, at least one uh, in the back of the net. So uh, I think that that's a, good, that's a good bet. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Aguadillo, but also say if I were to pick one New England player, it would be Lee Wynn. Um, he's pretty much fit, it seems like. And so, you know, he scored a goal last game, even though it was a PK. He had an assist the game before. Uh, I think he's a really good bet to kind of tear Columbus apart. This sound like uh, week six punts to me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so no love for any of your Houston guys, Travis. I know Montreal's been a team that's been a little, little hurting as of late. Uh, yeah, well, so is Houston. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm not gonna have anyone from Houston until they prove otherwise. Unfortunately, very probably a fair statement. Get a little bit of uh, a new forward. Forward could help inject maybe some some goals into their their attack. Yeah. I think. Hashtag free Kubo. <laughs> I like it. Let's Can't wait going. till Kubo comes back. It's gonna be yeah. great. Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll wrap it up real quick for this little segment of who are your must-have players for round six. I think I've covered mine already, Pedro Morales and Octavio Rivero. Same for me. I mean, just the double game week guys. Uh, Dallas, New England. Um, maybe, Maybe Javier Morales. Maybe he puts a couple in on Kansas City. He's been on fire. I'd be okay with that, but yeah, Octavio uh, Perales and uh, I think Alstead is is good for at least one clean sheet, if not two. Yeah, I think Alstead's up there. And, and since uh, Jason from from Fantasy Viz isn't here, I want to remind everyone that if you're going to take a hit to bring in a player, then I'm pretty sure he would say the keeper's a place to do it because they're the ones that usually have those good chances of not just the clean sheets but getting those bonuses to really negate that whole negative four. Well, not only that, they're definitely the most likely to see 180 minutes out of any player on the team. And that. Very good. All right. Well, that was great. Hope that gives you people some ideas of who to look at. If you were wondering, I know before the show we were even throwing names back and forth, not quite sure how to handle it. Not a lot of time, so it is definitely stressful. But that's why you guys have questions, and we're going to cover that right now. These were all taken from the slash r slash fantasy MLS subreddit, and if you'd like to see any of the other questions that we didn't answer, maybe some other answers that the community threw in, 
just go there, take a visit. It's all available for free. So let's get started. All right, uh, first question is uh, Zaku Kum, Zaku Kum. Um, NYCFC and Philly players both sound terrible to have. Am I stupid for not capitalizing on the next game week as much as I am this game week? Or should I skip week seven and capitalize on the Red Bulls double game week in week nine? Um, I had I had uh, Aristogeta and White since game week one, but watching them, I mean, especially last night watching Aristogeta's uh, one-on-one and just epic fail um, and White not playing, I'm actually going away and I'm probably going to be getting Hernandez and potentially if David Villa does good, uh, bringing him in, but... My strategy is to get at least a couple, um, or probably no Philadelphia's, um, and uh, um, you know potentially two of the New York City players, and then you know you have uh, a blank week in game week eight to bring in two players, and then another game week nine to bring in two players for the Red Bull game. So you know it's I mean you just kind of gotta do what your heart desires, but I'm, I'm going to get to New York City players, and then I'll probably get Sam and Lloyd uh, for game week nine. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. Um, I kind of went the opposite way. I've had three Philly players, which is stupid. I grabbed them kind of early. I have Latou, um, Vittoria, and Daristagieta, however you say his name. Um, the, yeah, they kind of suck, but is worth sticking with it another week to me. I wouldn't pick up Philly players if you don't have any. And you know what? I don't think I'd pick up Columbus players either. Maybe you pick up a, you know, just bank one of your transfers and pick up three NYC players next week and then uh, do what what Jason said for uh, the Red Bulls game week in, in nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to concentrate on the New York teams as well. Um I might have one Philly player. I don't right now. I'm not sure who that would be. Uh, but, I mean, unless Maidana is suddenly miraculously healed between towns. But, uh, yeah. I mean, New York City, Hernandez, Saunders maybe, um, and Villa. And then uh, Bradley... Right, Phillips, if I can afford him later on. Yeah, I don't think it's it's really worth just abandoning the the week seven double game. It, it does highlight what's rough with these first two double game weeks that we have, where it's just two teams playing and they're playing each other. Because at best, you're maybe hoping for a zero zero draw if you're heavy on defense, or a total blowout on both sides if you're heavy on offense. So it's it's kind of a no win situation for around the first game. And then the second game is where you're probably going to hope you get most of your points. So it's it's tough to go with. I am not big on Philly either. Oisegueta is the one that I would risk for a double game if I went with any of them right now. But I, I would kind of think that grabbing someone like Saunders, who's been a beast in the goal, who I would love to have for two game weeks, would be a, a good one high on my must-have list. And then maybe David Villa, just depending on how he's playing at that time. I don't know, but but yeah, it's it's rough, but I wouldn't abandon completely week seven. All right, so we on to the next question. 
is from Nika Max uh, asks, considering Klinsman's squad versus Mexico, will like MLS contingent, which players would you avoid for now, or would game week seven be a good week for the free wild card? Um, I personally wouldn't, to answer the second question first, I wouldn't burn the wild card specifically for uh, the call-ups for the Mexico game. Uh, I mean, unless you're just really in a bind and you have a ton of players still, which hopefully you don't since we just got off that uh, international break uh, last week. But um, as far as which players I would avoid, I mean, we, we kind of mentioned Clint Dempsey earlier. That's... Uh, a definite option. I mean, any of the guys, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, uh, that he might plan on calling up, I'm probably not going to put him on my team for now. Yeah, I agree with Travis pretty much. Um, to answer the first part of the question, same people that he just stated, and also potentially even Bill Hamid. I know he's been a monster in between the sticks this season. Um, but if he gets called up, definitely avoid that. I know that um, he doesn't really have any double game weeks until, uh, you know, I believe it's uh, game week 11, and then he's got a good run of double game weeks. But um, really anybody that, you know, even potentially like a Luis Gill or somebody in the under-21 squads uh, be monitoring that, um, that are starters for teams. Um, and then to answer your second part of the question, um, yeah, I – I, I burned my wild card last year in game week three because my team was in shambles because it was my first time playing. Um, but my team is strong enough now where I'm not going to be using it until I absolutely need it. Um, so unless you absolutely need it, I would not burn your wild card. Yeah, I'll just add my opinion to that part of it. Um, there, I feel like if you, whenever you use your wild card and you don't really need to, it's going to bite you later in the season. Um just because it seems like there's always going to be one week in every person's season where they get totally screwed by random injuries and things like that. And my take is to generally save it and use it on something like that or a big double game week switch near the end of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything that's been said. Uh, I'm, I was thinking about Gold Cup time for my wild card, now I'm thinking more maybe around in between game week 9 and 10 to hit that huge series of double game weeks. But, but yeah, we know the usual suspects for, for the U.S. men's national team, potential roster, so uh, mostly just a wild card. Um, on to the next question. Hey, we got one from a regular. Mike Dat Tiger asks, I have three Vancouver players but no Columbus, NYC, or Philly players, should I just grab Columbus players this week and then switch out for NYC Philly next week, or should I start building for next week's double game week? Um, I think we sort of answered part of this in the first question, but I would say don't grab Columbus players and maybe start start building for next week's now by grabbing New York players and probably not Philly players. Yeah, I mean, we kind of we kind of went over that. Um, we're not too high on Columbus or Philly, for that matter. But 
I mean, as long as you're making transfers that uh, prepare you for a upcoming double game week, then I think you're good. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows how I feel the exact same way. Just it's kind of like a chess match. You got to be looking, you know, three, two, three, four games ahead to start planning those games, um, especially if they're double game weeks. Yeah, same thing. Uh, New York City's kind of a rough spot. They have a couple of nice players that would have been beneficial to stock up on, which normally I know I and probably you guys would have as well, but the, the buy that was just right up against this one has, has made that hard with trying to prep for another double game. So uh, if you don't have Columbus, we covered a couple earlier that you may consider. Uh, otherwise, I, I wouldn't sweat it too much. Roll with some Vancouver. Start thinking about your New York City guys. All right, and the next question comes from Irish Bball Forty Nine. Looks like uh, we got two questions from him or her. Um, question one: If we have Derek, is it worth looking at a transfer for Alstead or Clark? Question two: What do we make of Ishii's recent recent play? Is he going to continue to be a solid option going forward? He looks to be someone I may need to transfer out this week for a double game week guy. Question one. Um, I absolutely think it's you know it, it's a great idea to look at a transfer for Ousted, not Clark, for the reasons we've stated this entire podcast. Um, and I know that uh, the other Jason um, would agree that if you were to take a negative hit, um, it would be a good idea to get a keeper. So Ousted would be that. And question two: Everyone on here knows I love Ishi. Um, I think he for eight for eight million, he's a solid option, getting between three and six points a game. Um, I mean, he's just a solid player. Um, you know, if you were to transfer him out for, let's say, you know, a Finlay, I think that could be a good option just to maybe gain some value on Finlay and then get Ishii back in. But, um, you know, it's, it really all depends on your strategy for the next, you know, up-and-coming game weeks if you want to do that or bank a transfer for a New York player or somebody else. Yeah, I uh, like Ishii a lot. I have him on my team, and I'm not transferring him out. I'm not sure if uh, that makes you want to keep him anymore, given my recent record in fantasy. But, um, yeah, he averages a really good, really good point return and is kind of one of the very few players in fantasy at a reasonable price that gives you uh, really consistent, consistent points no matter what. And so... Um, like Jason said, if if you really need another double game week player, sure. But honestly, if you could transfer someone else, someone else out, that might be a better idea. Sounds good to me. Um, I'm going to move on to the next question. Unless you have anything to add, Reed. Uh, I mean, not really. I I feel pretty good about Ishi as well because if you look ahead of the game, then you see they've got uh, maybe an easier game against Sporting Kansas City come up. They've got a a game against Colorado should be kind of easy, and then they've got a double game week coming up as well. So I, I think he's a pretty good long-term investment. All right. Next question comes from Art Vandelay, MBA, and he asks, I am planning to use my wild card for my game week seven because only two teams have bye weeks between seven and 15, and I feel like there's enough data available to stock my team with better players. Is this good logic, or should I save my wild card for the Gold Cup or sometime later in the year? Um, we've kind of touched on this uh, quite a bit as far as whether or not you should save your your wild card or not. 
Um, for me, it just depends on how bad your roster is right now and how many transfers it would take to get it where you want it. Um, if your ideal roster is eight transfers away, then with the knowledge you have, maybe maybe you should use it. I mean, if that's going to give you more points over the next few weeks that you wouldn't have had without using it, then, then it could set you up long-term like it did for me last week. Um, but if you want to save it as a as a safety measure, just in case you have a really unfortunate set of events, then that's also a solid play. But uh, I used mine, and I'm happy that I used it. And we'll see if I'll be still saying that in five or ten rounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. We kind of already went over this a couple questions ago. But, uh, I mean, kind of to go with this, then, what would you guys say would be an appropriate negative hit to not use a wild card? What, a negative 8, negative 12, negative 16? What, what do you guys think? Um, I think it's absolutely fine to take a negative 12 or even negative 16. <laughs> I'm, sound, I'm not You sound joking. like eternal. You sound like eternal. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, you know, it's sort of a high-risk strategy, but I don't think it's necessarily more high-risk than using a wild card um, you want to be really aggressive in fantasy is the thing because there's be like so aggressive. much overlap. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> there's so much overlap between so many of the teams that like the margin between being at the very top where all the prizes are and like all the other positions honestly isn't that gigantic. And so I think the more aggressive you can be, the better because there's there's like literally no reward for for finishing you know 50th i mean you're either the top or you're not and yeah, if you look at prize winning um you said the margins are so slim but you're you're okay with giving up four or eight points every week yeah i mean i think it's more about the future like overall future return when we think about that that same thing i'm not saying give up four or eight points every week but if you need to make a big switch like when you use your wild card, you should be switching out ten or eleven players, not just like four or five. Oh yeah, if it's if it's four, then I mean you can you can take that over two weeks. If it's if it's seven, <laughs> you're it's... either gonna have to wait three or four weeks to get it all done, or I mean you might as well just save yourself the hassle and burn your wild card. Yeah, and if you are taking these hits, it it really should be for a longer term, like like you mm -hmm. touched on, or something crazy happens. Like I was facing not having a full team, so I was like, well, I'll take a chance on swapping out a defender that's not playing for a negative four. Maybe he'll grab a clean sheet for me. So that's something that I'm hoping to keep a guy maybe two or three rounds down the road. Or like I took a negative hit to get Beta Shore in, mostly because Jewsbury wasn't playing, but I knew I wanted him for the double game week. So I was like, well, I can take a negative four now. And I'm prepped, and I won't have to take more negatives down the road. Exactly. Just it think, always backfire. Just think, every minus four you take is one clean sheet you're taking away from yourself. That's right, and a zero is more than negative four. Yes, it's true. It's um, a fine line. 
<laughs> about ready to move on to the next one, you think, guys? Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. so Dizzo Dizman, you got a cool name, uh, asks, I normally like CBs with lots of CBIs, but I'm thinking of Grana, Grana over Pogatets for the double game week due to his high recoveries and crosses. Which would you choose? Um, I have Pogatets, but honestly, I think it's a coin flip. So I just think that Pogatets might score a goal, and I think I've made it kind of clear that I like the high-risk, high-reward guys to an extent. So um, guys with really, really high upside, and I think Pogatets kind of has a little bit higher of upside, so I've chosen him. But honestly, I don't think the difference is that big. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really a coin flip. It just depends on who gets lucky and gets an extra point or or three points, or, I mean, either one of them could produce whatever number. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's much of a difference in the, in the probability between those two guys. But I, I'm playing Grana, and, yeah, I would be just as happy playing Pogatest, to be honest. And I think they're only .1 different, so we'll see. We'll see who 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 works out, but I'd be happy with either guy, really. Yeah, the uh, I mean, you know, Grana six point five with seventeen points, and Pogatets is six point four with twelve points. Um, I mean, Grana's got nine point six percent ownership, and Pogatets has two point one. So if you want a little bit of a differential, I guess go with Pogatets. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think Grana has a better attacking potential with crosses, key passes. Things like that, especially with Kamara out there, um, you know, Grana just flinging him in and hoping Kamara can just head him in. Um, that would be my only reasoning of taking Grana, but like I said, I'm not touching any Columbus players, so I would steer away from that and get somebody else personally. Yeah, I, I'm a big CBI fan myself, and so that's a decision that I wrestle with often when I'm looking at these players, especially some of the value ones because those wingers do tend to be a little little cheaper. This is actually the first year where I have been trying some of these wingers out myself to see what kind of risk and reward that I can get. But uh, normally I do lean toward a CBI, especially with a price the CBI producer, especially with a price that's that close together, unlike a, a Beta Shore and a Watson thing where you're looking at over one million separating them. All right, and the next question comes from Glory Glory Man United 34. Uh, which <laughs> which double game week player would you recommend capping next week? I'm thinking about getting Waston and capping him uh, since I'm not sure if the offensive players will play 180 minutes. Well, I mean, I think Waston's a, you know, a good pick, a good differential, especially with I believe he only has 5% ownership. Um, but for me, um, everyone says, you know, who's going to play 180 minutes on the defense? You don't know if Waston's going to play 180, if Kaw's going to play 180, or if they're both going to get a rest. I really think that the only player that is a lock, barring injury or red card, would be Ousted. Um, and the safe bet is obviously Perales. Um, so I mean, that's that's just that's kind of a thing where you just kind of gotta, you know, go with your gut feeling on that. I'm personally probably gonna go Octavio just because 
Kane inspired me this week. Uh, with the, or not Kane, I apologize. Charlie Austin with QPR inspired me. So I feel like, what the hell, why not? Why not go for a forward? Um, so that's my take on that. Yeah, I think you can't go wrong with it, with any of those guys, really. I would just make sure and definitely captain a double game week player, right? Um, pretty high risk not to. And I'll be captaining Pedro Morales just because I think he's got the highest upside. So. Yeah, for me, it's it's really between uh, Morales and Rivero. I think Morales is probably the safer play. Um, I do have a special coin that I am going to flip, <laughs> and I am going to flip it until I get Pedro Morales, <laughs> and then I'm probably going to pick him. But, uh, yeah, it's I want to captain Rivero. I really do. But just I do just, it. I just don't think I'm going to do it. Hashtag dare to Rivero. Dare to Rivero. <laughs> so the only worry I have about that is with Earnshaw in the mix now and with him scoring right off of coming off of his sub, he could potentially be one where maybe Rivero starts and then plays 45 and then Earnshaw comes in or maybe Earnshaw starts 70 and then Rivero comes back in for one of his late game heroics. So I, I think that is a slight worry for for a Rivero captain. I don't know, man. Rivero scored four in five games. That's it's hard so to said, take that off the field. Let him score the first game. Let him rest some the second game. Bring him on the last 15 minutes for one of his late game heroics. I don't know. <laughs> Set play from, from Pedro, goal in the 91st minute. Yeah. I'd be all right with that. <laughs> yeah. So... It's our final question, kind of a big one. Final question, and I have to be honest, uh, I I thought about this a bit, and and I just haven't come up with a good answer yet, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the final question is from Casey in Seattle. He asks a big picture question, and he or she, and says, how can MLS grow the popularity of fantasy soccer? As of today, there are 27,700 players. It seems that like they could and should be trying harder because it could help build a larger TV audience. Um, I think that's definitely true. Uh, how they could go about growing the popularity, uh, that is a very good question. I mean, they're, they're advertising it pretty hard on the website and um, I know Andrew Weeby is is giving out shout outs on extra time radio for it um, I mean they've they've had pretty much the same price structure as last year so I don't know whether that's good or bad I, I think I kind of like the price structure the previous time where more prizes were given out because uh, it kind of helps keep people, uh, it gives more people a shot at getting something, and so more people stay in the game longer. Uh, I do like what they're doing, this new uh, promotion where new players have a shot at winning something uh, coming in late, so hopefully it'll bring in an influx of new players every month, at least a few. Um, but... Uh, apart from that, uh, I'm not sure really. 
Do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I I personally think that in a way that's kind of a two part question because to grow the popular the popularity of fantasy, you have to grow the sport first. And in my opinion, I think that having having the ESPN contract, the Fox Sports One contract, the Sunday games is great. But when the game starts and it's UCLA versus Oregon women's softball, like I'm sorry, but if you want to grow the game and make the game important to people and it's on ESPN2, put that on. Nobody, I mean, in my opinion, I apologize if anyone's a women's softball player, but, you know, to me, in my opinion, I think that if it's on at 6 o'clock, 6.30, then put it on. I mean, the game's 10 nothing. the game's over, put it on. So that would, I think, increase the audience. And then also, maybe, I, I know that uh, Jason and Andrew, um, and I even know Ben were trying to get away from the whole fantasy premier league aspect of things and kind of make it their own baby but you know fantasy premier uh league soccer it's got three million people and granted that's a much bigger sport than mls is but look what they're doing and maybe try to model it and then tweak a couple things i mean you know having an 18-man roster instead of a 15-man roster or whatever it is this year it's just i mean there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me um, but I think with a couple tweaks and a couple of promotions like they're doing, I think that it could get big and it could really, uh, um, you know, make it in the states. Everybody likes free swag and free things, so hey, give more stuff away, and I guarantee you, people will come. Yeah, I gotta say that the prizes. I was really disappointed this year that the prizes didn't grow. Um, if you want to, if you want to get people interested, give lots of stuff away. Um, I work in radio. And it, you know, in every in every part of media, and I would say that fantasy soccer counts as a part of media to an extent because it's part of their online presence. Giveaways are such a big thing. You got to provide value to people, you know. Um, and part of it is just the popularity of MLS overall because you know it's a lot more fun to play fantasy MLS if your friends play, but. The reality is that there's most people who who just watch MLS don't necessarily have a ton of friends who are into fantasy MLS. Um, and so you got to provide a reason for them to get involved. And that reason, honestly, is probably prizes. That's why I started playing. And I was like, oh, I want to win some prizes. So I started playing. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I met other people who liked it. And you got to increase the prizes a little bit. It's kind of crazy how you have to finish so highly to win something that's honestly just not that high of value. Giving people free jerseys and scarves doesn't really cost the league much, and I, I loved it when they did that. So, you know, it's stuff that is marginal cost and can really, uh, you know, get a lot of people interested in playing. Yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of what you guys said. I, I was like you, Travis. I, I try to think about this a lot, and I and I think about it every now and then, off and on throughout the season. And with prizes, something I really miss is the MLS Live subscriptions. And I know with the new media rights, and we were potentially looking at some ESPN streaming with Watch ESPN, that that might change in the future. But it removes an excuse to 
not watch a game. It's like, oh, well, I had MLS Live. I, I guess I could just sit down and do that. So I, I would like if they did more prizes to see more of those subscriptions come back just to help encourage people to watch or even giving you, if you win a subscription, maybe also get one you could share with a friend, just, just something to help increase that viewership. J just the league visibility in general, I think, would help. The MLS does a great job at promoting some of the top leagues, which get people qualified for those $200 gift cards. If it was easier to search those, maybe within the game to see, because it just it just kills me when I see if someone who gets a top score in a round and they're not in any leagues. I'm just like, man, you could be bragging to people right now and it would be fantastic. You could be at, at Fantasy MLS Reddit and just saying, look at me, I did so great. Uh, but I just think something to help search the leagues. But, but really... This is a great time for, for you, the people listening and the people involved in the game, to do word-of-mouth advertising. That's, that's going to be a great way to help MLS grow, to help the popularity of uh, fantasy grow. Just say, hey, do you want to do this? Hey, come, come give this a shot with me. Oh, we did fantasy EPL. Well, let's, let's try this MLS thing and see what we think about it. I, I think you guys just talking to people and trying to spread the word really will help. Maybe if there was a draft league... That would appeal to some more of the American audience. I don't know. Not really my thing. I would try it, though, if, if it helped get people together. But I, I think just us doing what we're doing. Um, I know I've been doing this for, for about, I guess, three, three years now, and it's growing every year. So it's, it's a baby step thing. Oh, and one other thing I was going to mention. Uh, those are all good points. Uh, Mike Dat Tiger uh, responded with a good point and uh, was mentioning uh, leaning on the teams, uh, each of the individual teams, to produce their own fantasy content or uh, pushing it to to more regional level. Uh, and I think that's something they did, they did pretty well last year when they came on with with guest uh, appearances from uh, like the guys. Uh, God, uh, like Quincy like, came on doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When like Quincy Marquois came on and uh, and some other guys, I think there was someone from uh, from Vancouver that that did a did a spot or two as well. Um, but I think if maybe they they had some more more engagement with some of the players in the league, that might also help. Uh, bring in MLS fans that maybe aren't MLS fantasy fans into the fold. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot of people on MLS fantasy boss chat that are from other parts of the world. Um, I mean, from I, I believe we have people you know, from Europe, from Australia, from Asia, from Indonesia, uh, from South America. I mean, I, I know a lot of guys that are from South America and it's like, how are they finding out? And I mean, what? How are they finding out about MLS there? Like, what? You know, what are we not doing here in America to promote MLS and make it bigger? I mean, is it just because America is more of a baseball and football country, or you know, I mean, what can we do? Can we give away free season tickets? I mean, you know, we got we got to find ways to help promote MLS. Like and I really like how you said, Reed. How the word of mouth I think could be a really good way to tell your friends. But you know, tickets to MLS games are what you know, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks. You know, buy a ticket for your buddy and go out there and get a beer and a hot dog and go watch, 
Go watch RSL stomp some people. You know, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, lots of good ideas. Uh, I'm sure you guys have more. If you do, respond back onto the forums uh, whenever this gets posted at r slash fantasy MLS. would love to hear your ideas. I know Andrew Weeby and them do browse the forums from time to time. Maybe they'll see something and next season when they're thinking of, of ideas of, of potential changes might might run with an idea like that. So so uh, just just post it. Let us know. So moving on, lots of great questions. Really enjoyed that, especially that last one. Going to go over some of our leagues right now, try to wrap things up. The MLS FI hosts head-to-head review. Um, first, Simon, uh, you oh, felt the black and red. You know what? Hey, O and five. <laughs> That's Perfect right. Perfect season, man. Perfect I, season. <laughs> I should let you all know I've only started week because it's going to be that much more painful for you all when I come back and finish in first place. Um, Lulling us into a false yes. sense of fantasy you know, security. I, I doubt He's that's got true. us right where he wants us. <laughs> hey, you're, uh, you're sleeping on Sir Meowly. The house cat's been taking a nap. Um, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I took a negative 12 this week. I was never winning that match. <laughs> Just going to fall back on that. Uh, Scott couldn't be with us tonight, but he also fell to Eternal, which... He, he did say he's not had a lot of time to do, focus on fantasy, so I guess we'll give him that pass. Travis, coming up big, the win over, yes. over Jaywoo. Yes, 10-point win. Jaywoo, uh, he had a monster week, too. I mean, he had 76 points. His, uh, his team finished 166th for the week. Uh, but unfortunately, he played me this week, and I, I had, <laughs> I had a little bit better week. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, then I did beat Fripp, who is at Backseat Manager on Twitter. If you're not following him, you definitely should. I had a great week. Travis and I also won our matches in the starting lineup league. Fantastic. Yes. Building up to our head-to-head match in that in two weeks, I believe. I yes. play Weeby this one. Yeah, you play Weeby. Uh, I have to see who I play next. I just took down Sagini, so I was... Oh, pretty happy about that. Sad sack versus the sad sack. Yes, sad sacks <laughs> prevailed. <laughs> At least my sad sacks prevailed anyway. <laughs> uh, then moving on to the r slash fantasy MLS league, we have a congratulations going out to two people today. First is M.A. Ma, how you pronounce that? But that's the manager of Four Star Curry, which is not, not quite <laughs> that odd, I don't think. Uh, but he had a big 86 points, and then Travis also had yeah. 86 points. Yes. Congrats, guys. Thank Tearing you. it up. Tear- Unfortunately, Travis allowed more goals than than. Oh, is that Curry what the tiebreaker was? And uh, so I, I had to give him the top spot for, for uh, potential scarf winning in, in the league. I had zero transfers, though. Well, you wildcarded. Technically, I had zero transfers. <laughs> If you look at my round history, I'll show you. It says zero transfers. I don't know. Four goals. Four goals. Yeah. Uh, then funny team names that I enjoyed. There are the Garber Sharks FC from Jonathan Nunez. There is my Wild Irish Rose from Monica O'Herley. It's the sweetest flower that grows. Uh, and then I also really enjoyed, I thought you might like this one, Simon, the Aristigate Cats. I do. It's so Bye. sad. This, this team is it's Good sad name. because Sam, your team is not in my cat's corner fantasy head to head league. Oh and, no. Oh, we could have used you. This is a great team name. I encourage <laughs> all cat themed team names. 
they are so much better than everything else. Yeah, my favorites. I actually uh, I found a couple as well. Uh, Jeffrey Christopher has one mix a lot. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I got a good laugh on that one. And uh, Althea Cullen has side of bacon FC, and I mean, you just can't say no to side of bacon FC. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I saw one that was pretty good. I uh, don't remember the gentleman's name, um, but it said "All birds go caca." I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> Jason Adams, actually. There we I go. I want to say. Uh, there's another one, "Cry Me a Rivero" by Bryce Jones. <laughs> nice. You guys are clever. You guys oh, yeah, are all very yeah. clever. It was Jason Adams. Yeah, birds say caca. Yep. Yeah. I had actually, he's a couple points ahead of me, and I think I'm playing him in head-to-head in one of the leagues. Big time coming up. Yeah. Well, that's all that we have for, for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, got some ideas, and that the questions were were uh, good, just to help you think things a little bit through. Are uh, there any other final comments or plugs you guys would like to make? I don't have any. Nope, I'm yeah. good. Um, for me, uh, I'm starting up a, a punt page on um, uh, r slash uh, fantasy MLS. Um, it's pretty much just uh, some punts that I've decided to do. Last week, I was a four or a three for four. Opare six points, Mulholland five points. Uh, Rib, I think it's Ribeiro or Ribeiro from uh, Orlando. One point got injured. Aguadillo, 7 points, and then my hashtag, Dare to Duralis, 20 points, with potentially goal of the week and goal of the year. Go vote for him, because that was sick. It should at least be goal of the week. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, go check that out. I'll be uh, posting it shortly here. And um, let me know what you guys think. You guys left some great feedback, and I appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. Are you doing an article this week, Travis? I am. In fact, I'm having to write it pretty soon since it's a truncated double game week. That's rough. So be sure to check out the articles Travis and I have on MLS this round. Um, I don't know. Are you going to reveal your title yet or are you going to let them save that for tomorrow? Oh, um, it is going to take a look at the players that play against double game week players. Oh, I like that. That works well with mine. I'll be looking at uh, some of the top single game week players to take a look at, so... Lots of, lots of good information coming out. Be sure to check back to Reddit and check back to MLS Fantasy Boss. We'll have some at, some uh, charts and articles popping up, as well as the 11th hour posts, where I try to make a collection of just posts from around the web that are all useful. If you have one yourself, send me a message, and I'll try to, to get it added on there just to help spread the love, spread the knowledge, and we'll all win. Nice. Or maybe not, but somebody will. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening and good luck.